But life's like this. You fall and you crawl and you break and you take what you get and you turn it into honesty and promise me I'm never going to find you fake it. No, no, no. <laughs> Love. <laughs> Hello, hello. How are you doing? I feel like I'm like shouting into the void and you're like trying to have like an intimate conversation. <laughs> hello? Hello? Let's have a have a DMC. Let's get right yeah. down to it. <laughs> a deep, meaningful. I love how it's like when you're a kid or you're an adolescent and you're just like have no concept of anything mm-hmm. and you're like, we can just have like a deep, meaningful conversation. Like we don't need any sort of like talking beforehand, any kind Mm-mm. of like verbal foreplay. We can just like jump right into it. Yeah. You would just like message someone on Facebook, <laughs> be like, do you want to have a DMC? It's like, sure. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? You choose whatever topic it is going to be. And then you just... You just riff. You simply vibe. Yeah. Um, I... Just remembered something absolutely traumatic that happened to me, and I what? thought you would like to that the the company of the pod maybe would like to know or find mm. it interesting at least. I just went to Target, you know, just pick up a couple things. Yeah, and as I was perusing the Home Goods, the Joanna Gaines, you know, collection in Target. Mm, yes, yeah. I suddenly I hear like someone who works at the store have a conversation with the customer so i like turned around because it just things catch your attention who knows yeah bada bing bada boom (laughs) and i look and i swear it was my high school boyfriend (gasps) who i haven't spoken to in like three years it was like a really bad oh my god was he the customer or was he working at target working at target Mm. No hate, no shame against working at Target, oh, though. of course not. Yeah. Um, I was just like – and honestly, you know what? Maybe it wasn't him, but I had seen mm. other people who I knew from, like, my school district there that evening working. And I was like, mm. there is no reason to think that this man is anyone else but this man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember just, like, hearing it, and I turn, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like thinking that could be him and then mm. him looking back at me and me mm. I couldn't I couldn't stop to inspect. Yeah. I had to turn away and I I just walked <laughs> away. Like I aimlessly just kept what I had in my hand <laughs> and walked away. Yeah. Fuck. What an awful yeah. time. Yeah, that is one thing I'm grateful for that I'm not like from a town that like I go home to mm-hmm. or that people I know are there. I don't have to see anybody I don't ever want to see again. Most of the people that I went to high school with, I have not seen since graduation day and will never see again in my life. That is the perk of growing up in Asia. Everyone just fucking scatters all across the globe. Damn. Sometimes just just like going to the grocery store here, going to mm. fucking Target, the movies. I'm like, I am seeing too many faces I know. Yeah. Everyone who listens, I mean, maybe this is could be same in Australia, whatever. But let mm-hmm. me let us know because I know for Americans it's like a huge vibe to go back home for Thanksgiving mm. and you see like 
everyone you've ever hooked up with, everyone you've ever had like a fight with. Like it's just so intense because mm. everyone comes yeah. home for Thanksgiving and stuff. Right, right. So hit us up. Let us know. Yeah. Tell us uh, Tell us your horror stories. Tell us who you're being haunted mm. by in your hometown. We'll hex them on the pod. Yes. We are witches now. So. <laughs> Me just being like, Menon, Menon. <laughs> yeah. Halloween may be over in real life, but not in our hearts. Although I have fully moved on to Christmas. I was just telling Mo right before we got on to record that mm-hmm. I did put up my Christmas tree yesterday. You're lucky. Yeah, I don't have I don't have American Thanksgiving standing in the way. I just have a straight <laughs> shot right to Christmas. Here in in America, mm-hmm. some things have happened. We have a new president yeah. for one. It's true. Yeah, I wonder what his response to the public health crisis that's happening right now will be. I wonder what his yeah. response to immigration will be. Health care, yeah. you know. He's not interested in Medicare for all, but I guess we'll see what he does if he's not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm just happy that the former president is no longer in office, but I don't want to, you know, count my eggs before they hatch. Yeah. I I feel similarly. Mm, count my chickens before they hatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have... I don't want to sound super negative. I <laughs> You can sound negative. I don't. I mean, the thing is, like, what really bothers me is that I completely agree that I don't want Trump in office. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Like, of course, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was Biden my first hope for a presidential candidate? No, he's not the person that I wanted to win the primary. Yeah. And I think that the way the Democratic Party is working right now is super, like, malicious and like i don't really know the exact word i'm looking for but i think they're very secretive and they're working in a mode that only benefits people like themselves who are really like well off and who are specific living a specific type of way and i think that they're pandering to moderate and republican voters yeah and then losing like yeah people on the left yeah yeah I think they're just kind of decrepit and old and they need to revitalize themselves if they want any shot at, like, gaining future support. Yeah. It's funny to me that, like, Biden – in Canada, Biden is, like, fully a conservative. Yeah. Like, not even a centrist. Like, he's conservative. He would be conservative here. Mm -hmm. So it's just wild to me. And, like, everything that Bernie wanted for America is, like, stuff that – a lot of it Canada already has. Yeah. But he's seen as, like, a crazy, radical, like, communist, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. America's an interesting place. Yeah. And I just think that, like, we should really consider how at least a lot of us thought how awful and horrible Trump was. And, like, then why was it so close? Like, why were we biting our nails? Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't have been like that. I think it's very telling about... um the deep-seated culture in America that yeah. that many people were ready for four more years of that man. Yeah, and that, like, Biden couldn't win over enough yeah. people to be, like, the clear winner. It was, mm-hmm. like, you know, coming down to the wire and, like, a few yeah. key states and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just want everyone to think about that. <laughs> I mean, think whatever you want, but yeah. that's what I'm thinking about, at least. You know, yeah. but Trump isn't in office anymore, so I am happy about that. Yeah. Well, come come January. But yeah, yeah. Or 
November. No, it's November yep. now. Okay, you're right. I forget yeah. when the swearing-in happens for some reason. Yeah, it happens in January. I don't know how to transition. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. But yes. Anyways, moving forward, we have a review we're going to talk about today. This one is from Brie, actually my former boss. Ooh. Hey, Brie, what's up? Thank you for listening. I decided to go with Survivor by Destiny's Child because Brie is like a badass woman. She runs an amazing kitchen. She deserves a badass song. So, Brie, I hope that you listen to Survivor today. Jam out. Make some bomb-ass vegan food like I know you can and enjoy your day. I love vegan food. Oh, now I'm thinking of so many vegan foods that I wish I was eating. I wish you guys got to come to Toronto before. Oh, my God. Virtuous Pie, my old workplace, closed down. It would have made you guys so much good vegan pizza. Amazing. would have been great. Yeah. I'm really thinking about vegan pizza. Okay. <laughs> Zoning in. All right. Shall we talk about today's movie? Yes. We are doing actually what I would consider a little bit of a sleeper hit. Yeah. Because I feel like... It's often forgotten in the zeitgeist of 2000s movies. Mm -hmm. It is the last Olsen twins extravaganza. Mm -hmm. We have the amazing 2004 cinematic achievement, New York Minute. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. Imagine you're young, you're a child, and your parents say, I have two cute blonde daughters. Let's make mm -hmm. money off of them. And they just sell you like cattle. And you're rich. You're rich before yeah. you're even allowed to have a bank account. It's it's truly crazy how much they worked from the ages zero to 18. Yeah. They did not need to do much more. Mm -mm. They could have no. said, I never want to work again. Yeah. Game over. 18, done. Yeah. I was definitely a big Mary-Kate and Ashley fan. I remember like when we would go back to Canada in the summer or like at Christmas time, we could actually like go to Walmart. I would be like, whatever the new Mary Kate Nashley movie is, I need it. The one that I remember the best was probably The Challenge. I really liked that one. That one's like good. very interesting. Like they really just thought of situations for these twins to be in. Mm -hmm. They said, yeah, pick a thing, anything. We'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out. I remember I also really liked Passport to Paris, but I could not tell you like what it's about. I also loved Passport to Paris, and I literally <laughs> you you said it, and I was trying to think of the plot, and I don't remember any of it. Yeah, I remember like the cover of it vividly, but that's it. I used to have a Game Boy Color game mm. uh, where you had to solve a mystery with their like mystery ink situation, and they're like, "We can mm. solve any crime by dinner time," and it was mm. a ballerina; her like slippers went missing. And he had to help find them. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah, I think I think it was like Olsen and Olsen investigations or something. Yeah. And I remember I asked my brother, I was like, we should start like a PI service. We would call it Schmidt and Schmidt. And he was like, no. I was like, okay. <laughs> so never started my own PR or not PR, PI firm. But one day. Yeah. One day he'll look back and he'll say, oh, my God, if only I started that private <laughs> investigator service with my sister. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Yes. There's some fucking scathing facts we found out about the Olsons doing our yeah. little perusal after watching this mm -hmm. movie. I'm like, the whole thing with Heath Ledger was absolutely insane. Yeah. Apparently, Mary Kate was 
allegedly. Alleged. Because I don't know. Was dating Heath Ledger at the time of his death. And when he was, dis- when like his body was discovered, the first call that was made was to Mary Kate. Yeah. And then the police were called. Initially, she apparently like was not cooperating with the investigation because they were trying to figure out like where he got the drugs from that led to his overdose. And she was like not talking. I don't know what ended up happening. There's not a lot of information there about isn't. There is not. The conclusion probably due to a lot of lawyers, but that was pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, it is wild to think that like one day you're chilling and the next day you're like, excuse me, did you give these drugs to this man? Yeah. I'm like, uh, I just can't imagine being the first one someone would call when they find someone unresponsive. Like, I just don't yeah. feel like I'm that important for anyone that I would be the first call made before the the hospital, before the ambulance. Yeah, I feel like if I found a dead body, I would, like, not call, like, another person. Like, I would call, like, mm-hmm. the ambulance or, like, the police or whoever it is you're supposed to call. The authorities. This like, is so morbid. I know, <laughs> Just, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, so that's that's that. Um, Mary Kate's also going through a divorce right now. Hard. Um, <laughs> it's hard sometimes, y'all. Yeah. I think they filed during quarantine. Mm, that's hard. Yeah. I couldn't find much about, like, Ashley's personal life. I think she's just kind of, like... Laying low. Chilling. Is she married? I don't know, actually. Hmm. Um, we did spend a long time looking at um, their very, very, very expensive clothing line. Oh, my God, yeah. We're looking at tank tops and just being like, would you pay $1,300 for that tank yeah. top? Over $1,000 for a tank top. That's highway robbery. It's going to be a no from me, love. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess when you're Mary-Kate Ashley and you've made, like, enough money to last you 10 lifetimes, you can kind of just, like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Have, like, a really unprofitable business. <laughs> I bet, like, people buy it. Like, they went to school. They probably studied fashion at Gallatin. They were, like, fashion yeah. in the bohemian life or something. Yeah. Fellow NYU girls. Hey, ladies. What's up? Hey, alums. Let's go to, like, a brunch. <laughs> An alumni brand. Yeah. Shall we get into it? Let's do it. The opening of this movie is interesting. It's probably my least favorite part of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. We open up, well, first we open up with like a pop rock version (laughs) of like the Warner Brothers theme music. And then we see these like gears turning in this giant clock. It's all like black and white. It's very abstract. We then see Jay and Ryan, aka Ashley Olsen. She's running around inside of this clock. She's looking super stressed and she's wearing like full business attire. And there's all these doors in the hallway, like inside this clock. They keep opening and people keep popping out being like, are you prepared? Like, are you forgetting anything? She's like freaking out. Her sister, Roxy Ryan, aka Mary Kate, pops out and she's like, are you sure you're not forgetting anything? Jane is looking super freaked out. She finally gets to the door that she's looking for, opens it up, and she's at a podium in front of like a thousand people. And in classic dream form, she is naked. Mm -hmm. She screams. Everybody laughs. And then ring-a-ding-ding goes the alarm and she wakes up. Very a la uh, Bring It On, Kirsten Dunst. Yes. It's morning. Shane shuts off her alarm. She's like, phew. 
It was just a dream. She goes downstairs to get her cup of coffee on the timed coffee machine that they have Mm -hmm. and kisses her mom's picture um, as she goes back upstairs and she brings the coffee to her dad. She goes into Roxy's room, turns on her stereo to wake her up. It's clear that Jane is like the household leader and Mm -hmm. her and Roxy are total opposites. She has like the pastel pristine closet. Roxy's closet looks like Hot Topic threw up in there. Mm -hmm. Roxy gives her shirt a sniff and she's like, it's good enough to wear. So in her bathroom, Jane is practicing her speech for the McGill Fellowship in the mirror. Meanwhile, Roxy is at her computer and she gets an IM saying that there's a simple plan video shoot today on 59th and 9th in New York City. I'm also pretty sure that 59th and 9th is just like apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But the dad comes in to check on Roxy and he's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just finishing an assignment. And he's like, you know what? I'm so impressed. We're three weeks into the school year and you haven't skipped school once. Maybe I won't have to send you to Catholic boarding school after all. And she's like, yeah, totally. Dad leaves. And she's like, all right, I'm skipping school. (laughs) Um, She's like, Ringo, what excuse should I use? Turns out that's her pet snake, but he's not in his cage. But she like looks through this folder on her computer with all these excuses. She's like, oh, I used this one last week. Oh, I've already had this disease. I'm going to go with the chicken pox. Prints out the form. Bada bing, bada boom. Okay. Mm -hmm. Jane, meanwhile, is about to use the toilet and she puts this girl's in her own private bathroom. She puts Mm -hmm. a toilet seat cover on the toilet. Not one, but two. two. I'm like, you need some professional help. (laughs) Yeah. So we get some drum playing from Roxy while Jane is taking her shower and Ringo. Roxy's absolutely massive snake ends up in the shower with Jane and Jane is screaming. And Roxy comes in, takes out um, Ringo and she's like, did the little mean lady scare you? The tension is palpable. Yeah. The animosity is present. Okay. Mm -hmm. The double vanity in their bathrooms is gigantic. (laughs) All facts. Straight facts. (laughs) So we go downstairs. We see more of this simply huge house. These people are very well off. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Jane is making breakfast and Roxy is like, you know, dad doesn't have time for breakfast. I don't get why you do this every morning. And Jane is like, not listening. There's also like a ton of like sticky notes in the fridge, like keep everything organized. Like Jane is fully filling like the mom role, super type A. She then goes to her day planner where Roxy left like a note in it saying like, remove stick from butt or something (laughs) like that. Jane is pissed. She's like, don't touch my planner. Dad comes downstairs. He gets a phone call uh, that one of his patients has gone into labor. I guess he's like an OBGYN. He apologizes to Jane. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to your speech today, but I'm going to try as hard as I can. Yes. So while he's there, Roxy's like, oh, can I get you to sign a permission slip for Shakespeare in the Park? And he's like, oh, I love Shakespeare in the Park. What play is it? And this chick cannot even pick a name. (laughs) Pick a name, any name. She cannot do Mm -hmm. it. I think she says something like, oh, you know, it's the guy and the girl and they're in love and they're wearing tights. And that's really mm-hmm. all it takes for little dad. Yeah, he's like, just- I love Romeo and Juliet. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> so he signs the slip anyway and asks her to drive Jane to the station on her way to school. Roxy then traces her father's signature and prints out the excuse on the printer paper. Oh, I think she she faxes it in. Oh, did she fax it? Yeah. That's pretty intense. 
people just be having fax machines in their houses? Yeah, I guess so. Damn. Okay, so she faxes it away. <laughs> so then Jane and Roxy go outside. They go to Roxy's car. And Jane is like, ugh, your car needs a wash. And Roxy's like, well, why don't you get your own car? And Jane is like, you know I'm saving up for college. Then Roxy turns on the radio and drives away. But someone is watching them. And as they drive away, a little flyer for Simple Plan flies out the window. And none other than Eugene Levy. Mm. Incredible, incredible casting. Amazing. <laughs> yes. He plays Max Lomax, the um, truancy officer. He sees this little Simple Plan flyer, snatches it up. Dun, dun, dun. So Roxy, on our way to the station, stops at her manager's house, which is, like, <laughs> just this kid who is the same age as them and has, like, massively curly hair and an English accent. Yeah, played by Jack Osborne. Jack Very Osborne? Very weird casting. I don't even yeah. – what else is he from? He's, he's Ozzy Osborne's son. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well. I'm pretty – wait, let me double check. I'm pretty sure it's him. Let's see. How insane. Jack Osborne. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's him. Wow, okay. So they stop at <laughs> Jack, Jack Osborne's, Osborne's house, <laughs> and um, the band is just having a pool party. It's a regular school day. Who cares about school, am I right, ladies? Yeah. So he's like, <laughs> I burnt you 30 copies of our band CD. Here's your all-access pass to get into the music shoot. <laughs> So you can get your stuff to the A&R guys. And Roxy heads out of there with that CD just as Lomax heads to the pool party and he busts the party. He's like, Nassau County Department of Truancy, bitch. <laughs> I think that Lomax and um, Steve Carell as the patrol tech guy from Sleepover, peas in a pod, yeah, best friends. dynamic duo. 100%. So Lomax calls the actual police to come pick up these kids, like loading them into a van. And he's like, yeah, they're facing five to ten. And the cop is like, days of detention. And then the cop is like, you know what, Lomax, like, give it a rest. You're way too intense. This is why we didn't let you on the force. Yeah. They're like, this is so intense. If I were here, I would have just shot them. Yep. <laughs> then the Lomax pulls the manager Jack Osborne aside and he like tries to grease his wheels a little bit get him to sell out Roxy but he's like I'm not a rat because Roxy is really Lomax's white whale wow is that a Moby Dick reference yes wow pop off I've never read Moby Dick but I'll never stop reading Moby Dick <laughs> I'll never be able to finish that fucking book <laughs> the bane yeah. of my existence okay mm. So at the train station, Roxy almost gets into an accident, but they make it. She parks the car. She's a gorgeous VW bug. It's purple. Mm. Like, I would have killed for this in high school. Yeah. So Jane is on the train. She starts blowing up her neck rust, a just hot pink <laughs> plastic-ass neck rust, when the man yeah. next to her is like, could you not do that? Meanwhile, Roxy is banging her drumsticks around, just fucking tapping it on the commuter rail. <laughs> and um, Jane is like, you cannot sit here. I need to focus. This fellowship would grant me a four-year scholarship to Oxford. And Roxy's like, as in England? And she's like, no. As in nowhere near you. 
scathing. Yeah. So Roxy is like, why Oxford? And Jane is like, how about why are you even here? (laughs) Roxy explains that it's the simple plan, photo shoot, video shoot, whatever she's going to. And she wants to talk to the A&R guys to get her band signed. And Jane is like, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of concerts at Sister Mary Margaret's after you get fucking expelled. And Roxy is like, as far as the school is concerned, I am at home sick with the chicken pox. Meanwhile, Lomax is doing the work, okay? He's putting in the hours. <laughs> he is using a very large magnifying glass and looking at the chicken pox facts. <laughs> and he has a chalkboard saying, I will catch Roxy Ryan. It's very, like, degrading. This whole setup yeah. looks very pathetic, okay? Mm-hmm. But the landlord knocks on the door and it's like, you're two months late on your rent. Cough it up. Get it going. And Lomax is like... I'm busy. I'm working on a case. And he's like, so get busy writing a check, Lomax. And I promise it's funnier when you watch it in the movie. Mm -hmm. But he looks at the simple plan flyer and he says, (laughs) Christ, well, your simple plan is about to get a bit more complicated. Wow. Oh, my God. What a guy. I don't even remember what the newspaper articles are. Oh, yeah. And then all over his wall, it's like plastered, like newspaper articles, like, oh, local teen flummoxed truancy officer once again, or like shit like that with like pictures of Roxy. And I'm like, what newspaper is printing this? Yeah. Insane. So then we go back to the train. Roxy is being incredibly obnoxious. She like rips open a Cheetos bag and they like fly all over Jane and like the dude next to her. And Jane is like, wow, Roxy, like way to go. Starts like up like fake applauding and then knocks this dude's coffee all over his crotch. He's having a bad time. Mm -hmm. He goes to the bathroom to go and clean up. Then the conductor comes around. He's starting to, you know, like stamp everybody's tickets and Roxy is fucked. She does not have a ticket. So she goes to hide in the bathroom. The door is locked. So she's just like banging on it. And it opens while she's banging on the door. And she fucking clocks that poor dude right in the face. Aye, aye, aye. Rough times for the train man. So Roxy hustles into the bathroom. She hears a knock at the door and thinks it's the coffee crotch man. Yeah. Dumpster fire guy. But it's really the <laughs> conductor asking her for her ticket. So she ends up getting kicked off the train. Obviously, she has no ticket. Then the conductor goes up to Jane and tells her to get off. And she's like, that was my twin sister. She got off a minute ago. I'm also like, they're wearing different clothing, different hairstyles. Yeah. Bro, get a grip. Yeah. So she points to Roxy, but Roxy is nowhere to be found. And Jane gets thrown off the train as well. So as Jane is getting thrown off the train, she gets her skirt caught in this dude's bike. It's like, oh my god, what a coincidence. I could never. Oh, me? Um, He's very, very cute. She's like very flustered. Her like skirt is caught in like the fucking chain or the gears or whatever. Yeah. And they like can't get it out. And she's like, oh, if you can't get it off, it's fine. I'll just take my skirt off. And they look at each other and she's like. Did I just say that out loud? And I'm like, you're making yeah. bold moves, sis. Bold. <laughs> Woof. Yeah. So then he's like, okay, we'll pull on three. One, two, three. They pull. And then a perfect circle, perfect hem of the last two inches of the skirt just like seamlessly rips off. Not a frayed stitch in sight. Ladies, a bike will never. never. A bike will never. <laughs> a bike will never perfectly hem your skirt. No. Jane is shook by how short it is. Because that's oh so scandalous for this 
conservative yeah. woman. Literally, a George Bush bobblehead is on her desk in the first scene. Yes. And, like, pictures of her, like, at the... Republican convention. Yes. Yeah. I was like, what's it called? The Young Republicans, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this dude does tell her that the skirt looks nice. Then the conductor's like, all aboard if you have a ticket. So this dude, his name is Jim, by the way. Jim gets on the train and he like looks back at Jane and he's like, I'll see you later. Hopefully. Saucy. So at the station, Jane sees Roxy and Roxy's like ripped look. So two minutes ago. Scathing. Mm. In a time of need, all she can give is nasty quips to her sister so jane yeah. goes up to the desk at the station she's like there should be another train in 43 minutes but unfortunately there's construction today i would want to kill myself at that point personally yeah as someone who has taken the train just fuck tons of times and seen it mm-hmm. pass in front of my very eyes so roxy tries to get a cab at the station but some businessman beats her to it so she starts texting at the pickup drop-off area when a strange man shows up And he nods to a limo driver and pats his chest. But then he notices agents coming. Yeah. (laughs) The tone shifts so quickly. Yeah. (laughs) So he drops some kind of like a chip, like a technological thing into Roxy's boho bag. Yeah. And the man is apprehended. So the limo driver, still incognito, walks up to Roxy as doves fly (laughs) around him. As I'm reading this, I'm remembering how hysterical and stupid this is. Oh, yeah. It's so campy and I love it. It is. So the limo driver walks up to Roxy and he offers her a free ride in his limo. And he's also, this dude is white and he's speaking with like a broken English, like Chinese accent. Yeah. It's it's confusing. Like a native Chinese accent. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Meanwhile, Jane is like still talking to the guy at the ticket booth. Roxy then goes up to Jane and she's like, I know you don't want my help, but I found a ride. If you want to join me, it's professional car service. Jane reluctantly heads over to the limo. Roxy's about to get in. And the limo driver's like, oh, like I'll take your bag. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. He's like, I insist. And she's like, no, I insist gets in the car. Yeah. Then Jane comes over to get in and she like corrects his grammar as he like holds the door open for her and he's like fucking stupid ass bitches in my car. He's about to have a bad time. Okay. Yeah. He didn't know what he got himself into. Mm-mm. Back to Lomax. So he leaves a message for Roxy's dad on their voicemail and then he's like, bad girl, bad girl. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Love Eugene Levy. He's just... The comedic timing, guys. Yeah. So in the limo, Roxy is once again being obnoxious. And that's when the limo driver, Benny, calls his mom. She owns his nail salon. This woman comes up and she's like, it's number one adopted son. And hands her the phone. (sighs) Ma is like, you were supposed to be here with a chip 20 minutes ago. And Benny explains that he's going to be there soon. He has the chip blah, blah, blah. And Ma is like, either you talk in English or you speak in Chinese, but enough with the accent. And that becomes a whole running joke for like the rest of the Mm. movie. So she's like, from nine to five, you are my number one killing machine. And she tells him to get her that chip and hangs up the phone. Then she actually looks at a picture of young Benny. It is like very wholesome. (laughs) And he has on a cape and like 
I think yeah. a sword in his hand. Like I don't even know. Yeah. So then we have like a little montage of the drive into the city. They're on the Brooklyn Bridge. We see some skyscrapers. Jane is trying to like practice her speech. Roxy is just being distracting. They finally make it to the city and they pull up to like an unfamiliar building. And they're like, oh, like, are you lost? Like, this isn't our stop. And then he turns around and says, ancient Chinese proverb, never take a ride from a stranger and then locks the doors. This is when I would start shitting my fucking pants. I would freak the fuck out. Oh my God. Yeah. So they start freaking out too, but then they manage to climb out of the sunroof and then run away into the subway. Mm -hmm. Yes. Just when they think they lose him, he shows up in front of them and tells them to give him the bag in Chinese. So Jane throws some sassy retorts back at him also, well, not Chinese, it's like Mandarin, right? Mm-hmm. And then he grabs a cane from some poor old man <laughs> and like Roxy uses her drumsticks. And she's like, I used to take Taekwondo twice a week for three years. And a major fight scene happens. People are mm. flipping, walking up walls, you name mm. it. She ends up kicking Benny onto a subway train, doors close. He's off. They're safe. So then the sisters get back up to the street. Roxy's like, well, that was sure exciting. And Jane is like, yeah, right. And then just at that moment, she breaks a heel. And she's like, these are my best heels. And then Roxy's like, okay, give me the other shoe. She goes over to a trash bin and just fucking like smacks it on there and breaks the other heel off. And she's like, now they're your best flats. Damn, her outfit's getting ruined one piece at a time. Oh, yeah, and it's only going to get worse because then a man comes up to them and he asks them for some spare change and Roxy tries to give him a dollar, but Jane is like, no, snatches it back and she's like, you're only feeding this man's disease. And I'm like, literally, fuck off, Jane. Jane. I... Jane, Just give the man the dollar. Yeah, you are a bad person, Jane. Yeah. So they ended up struggling over the dollar Jane tries to offer him a granola bar. The guy accidentally loses balance and tosses his slushie all over Jane. And Roxy's like, don't freak out. I smell alcohol. Then a cab drives by and splashes them with some dirty-ass New York street water. She's having a bad time. spreading the news. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Then we cut back to Lomax. He's stuck in traffic on the bridge. And he sees, like, this cop car just, like, whiz on by with the Mm -hmm. siren. So he pulls out one of those, like, tiny little, like, police arms you can buy at, like, the dollar store and puts it on top of his car. And he's, like, out of the way, police. But he's still fucking trapped in gridlock. Like, good luck, pal. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. Mm -mm. But back in New York City, the twins walk through the streets and then they come to a bodega. And they're, like, oh, my God, it's getting late. So Jane asks to use the restroom, and he's like, the restroom is for customers only. So Roxy buys a Tootsie Roll, and I think it's the fruity-flavored ones, which, amazing taste. I didn't even know that there were fruit-flavored ones. Dude, what? Yeah, there's, like, strawberry and lemon and all this sort of stuff, lime. Oh, my God. I've only ever seen just, like, the regular brown No, those are the worst rolls. kind, honestly. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to look for flavored ones now. Highly recommend. So she gets a little Tootsie Roll, and the clerk is like, Jaroxy. He's like, she shouldn't be drinking this early. She has her whole life ahead of her. And Roxy's like, that's what I keep telling her. So Jane goes to use the restroom, but 
she is so germaphobic and she's freaking out. Meanwhile, Roxy checks the messages on like the landline at home from her cell phone and deletes Lomax's message. And then while she's waiting for Jane to get cleaned up, she just starts like piling snacks on the counter. She gets like chips. She gets a bunch of Red Bull. And I'm like, wow, I remember (laughs) the early 2000s when everyone was just drinking Red Bull like it was water. She's trying on like sunglasses. She puts on a pair and the guy's like, you'll never pull it off. She's like, never. He's like, not today, not tomorrow, never. Meanwhile, back in the bathroom, Jane falls into the toilet. Yeah, in a very weird dramatic scene. (laughs) Yeah, after she's like lined the toilet seat with like basically an entire roll of toilet paper, she falls right in. So she comes out of the bathroom and has like toilet paper hanging out of her skirt. It's not a good look. It's not a good time. No, not at all. So Roxy's like, I need to borrow some cash to pay for this. But when Jane looks into her bag... She realizes her day planner is missing and she left it in the limo. And she's like, my whole life is in there. My speech, my credit cards, everything. So Roxley slowly stops eating the Cheetos and she's like, can I start a tab? Those Cheetos get snatched out of her hand immediately. So on the street, Jane is like, Roxy, this is all your fault. And she starts going on about how she cannot function without her day planner and she's like there's no reason for me to live anymore and roxy is like okay you just need to relax but jane is fully panicking she starts doing these like weird breathing exercises and then roxy just slaps her in the face to snap her out of it and she's like okay your speech doesn't start until three so we have four and a half hours and jane is like well i need to get cleaned up but then roxy spots a hotel Mm -hmm. and then they like head on in she tells the bellhop that they're with the band and she's like i'm paris that's nikki and they go on up to this hotel also this is the first time that we can point out just how poor of an understanding of geography this movie has like about new york because they were in chinatown when they were chased by benny they go into this bodega they walk out and then they're at Flatiron, nowhere near each other they said we gotta walk 30 blocks north to find a hotel insane But I digress. So Benny is in the salon with Ma, and she cannot believe that he lost the chip. She explains that the chip has millions of dollars in movies and music, and then they send the chip to Hong Kong. They put it on a disc and sell pirated copies. So they're piraters. That's how they make their money. Mm. And Benny's like, I will get the chip back and restore honor to my family. Except he's still using that weird, broken English, Mm -hmm. Chinese accent thing. It's very odd. Yeah. So he walks over to the limo and ends up seeing Jane's planner. So at the hotel, Roxy and Jane get off the elevator when they notice a woman walk out of her hotel room on the phone. And just as this woman gets in the elevator, Roxy does like an Olympic dive Mm -hmm. and gets her drumstick right in the door crack before it closes. She's like, we can go get clean up in here. Jane is super reluctant. She's like, breaking into a hotel room is exactly how Nixon went down. And Roxy's like, well, suit yourself. She goes in. Jane turns around and sees her wretched appearance in the mirror. Not looking good. Because, like, this slushy is bright blue. So she just has, like, a fucking neon blue stain all over her chest. And she's like, you know what? I will break and enter to solve this. 
Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. So she goes into the bathroom and then they find this like Chinese crested dog on the toilet. And this is the second movie we've done in a week that has had a Chinese crested in it. Yes. So then Roxy picks up the dog while Jane goes to take a shower. But just at that moment, she gets a phone call from Benny saying that he has her planner. And then everything starts to unravel. Mm -hmm. So Jane is like, you can have everything. Just please don't hurt my speech. He tells her that she has the chip. And Jane asks Roxy if she ate his chips. And she's like, I didn't eat your chips. And then he's like, no, my microchip. And Roxy is like, listen, pal, we need that planner. So meet us in front of the Plaza Hotel in 20 where I will eat your chips. And I'm like, they're not dumb in the movie. Yeah. So why does this happen? Yeah. It goes on for a while, too. Yeah. So then we cut to Jared Padalecki, a.k.a. Dean from Gilmore Girls. I can't believe. A.k.a. Trey is his name in this movie. A.k.a. the man from Supernatural whose character name, I don't know. Yes. King of the early 2000s, really. So he walks down the hallway in the hotel room, gets to his room. Turns out it's the same room. Um, meanwhile, Roxy looks through, like, the bag, and she finds the microchip, and she puts it on this, like, little tray that has, like, little chocolate canapes in it. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, it just happens to be there, so she puts the microchip there. Then Trey walks in to the room, he takes off his shirt, opens the bedroom door, and sees Roxy on the bed as... Hey, baby, hey, baby, hey. By no doubt, I don't know what the song is actually called. Probably just Hey, Baby. But that plays, and Roxy, like, flips her hair and looks up at him, and she's wearing, like, a bathrobe, and she's like, hi. And then Jane walks out of the bathroom, the music starts playing again. She's, like, in a shower, and he looks at them. He's like, is today my birthday? (laughs) And I'm like, scandalous. How old are you? You're not old enough to get a prostitute on your birthday. Yeah. So he tells them there's going to be a five alarm fire if his mom sees them. And Jane is like, look, I just need my planner. It was stolen. And I have to swap the chip. Yada, yada. Trey is like, actually quite understanding. Mm -hmm. And he says, I get it. I see you. But you might have some problems. Okay. Swapping that chip because my dog, Ronaldo, just (laughs) ate it. And Jane starts shaking this dog. This dog is fucking quaking. (laughs) PETA is rolling over in their grave, okay? Oh, my God. They get a call from Trey's mom. She's coming up, and she's a senator. She's Senator Lipton. Yeah, Jane starts freaking the fuck out. She's like, I can never run for office now. So Trey goes and, like, locks the front door. And the girls are just shaking Ronaldo, trying to get him to cough up the chip. And I'm like, that's literally not how it works. But whatever. You just shake a dog until they vomit. (laughs) So Roxy then, like, throws Ronaldo to Trey. And then he, like, bites him. So he, like, throws him back. And they're, like, throwing this dog back and forth. And he's like, here, you take it. Throws it to Jane. Jane fucking ducks at the last minute. And Ronaldo goes flying at the open window. Damn, he really does do that. Murder. He Straight really up does do it. Dog murder. But luckily, somehow, he lands on, like, the ledge outside the window. So Jane, you know, being absolutely unhinged, she climbs out the window and is crawling after him on this ledge in her towel and slippers. She'll do anything. She's like, if that dog dies, then my 
life dies with it, so I might as well climb out on this fucking ledge. So Trey's mom is at the door, and she's like, why is, like, the chain on? Like, let me in. So then Roxy gets her shit together, and she's like, oh, fuck, like, I'm going to be late for the simple plan shoot. And Trey's like, no, like, where are you going? Like, at least tell me your name before you leave. She's like, Roxy, and then climbs out the window. I'm like, wow, how smooth. Dean, we don't have time. Yeah. (laughs) There is an emergency going on. This is not the time to be hitting on this random woman. Out on the ledge of the hotel. That's irrelevant to what I'm about to say. (laughs) (laughs) Trey goes to the front door of the hotel to unlock his door for his mom to get in and she's like I, I brought a treat for my like good little boy and he's like oh mom you're so kind and she's like where's Ronaldo because I'm yeah. I'm talking about Ronaldo mm-hmm. so she's calling out for this disgusting little pup <laughs> and he is nowhere to be found Ronaldo climbs onto a window cleaning lift and the girls climb like they just follow after him And Jane ends up picking him up. Inside, Trey is lying, and he tells his mom that he took Ronaldo to the groomers. And he's like, I got to go. I want to be late. And he runs out. So out on this window cleaning lift, the girls accidentally, like, press a button on the lift, and it goes fucking flying down. It looks like, um, what's, like, that ride at, like, theme parks where you, like, sit, and it goes, like, up and down. The Tower of Terror. Yeah, it looks like that kind of situation. It does. It's going far too fast. So as it's going down, it like stops outside of a hotel window. And it's the poor man that they terrorized on the train. He's like talking about, he's like, things don't just fall out of the sky. Boom, they land right next to him. They're like, ha hi. And then they go back down again. Eventually get the lift gets like to the bottom. And then it turns sideways and just like spits the girls out into a dumpster. Luckily, this dumpster seems to be filled with very, very soft um, trash like bags. Packing and not peanuts, like packing yeah. Yeah, not like pieces of glass or oh my God. whatever. And Ronaldo, you know, lands next to them as well. So they climb on out of the dumpster. Trey then runs down to the lobby and he tells the bellhop to help him find two girls in towels on the street. Yes. So Jim is just cycling around as he does. And just as Jane turns the corner, she comes face to face with him on his bike. He falls off. He lands on top of her. And he's like, am I squashing you? And she's like, yeah, it's great. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did I just say that out loud? Oh, my God. I'm just like, I'm just like so random. Like sometimes I just say things. Like like, I just say things. I don't even register. I'm like, (laughs) I'm so quirky. So Trey and the doorman back at the hotel are running after them. And I, I don't even really know why the girls run from Trey. I'm still confused I about that. I think because like he's going to take Ronaldo back because oh. like, it's his mom's dog mm-hmm. and they like need the dog. Yeah, so they split. They said bye-bye. Yeah. And Jim asks for her name and Roxy screams Jane's number to him. And the girls hop on a garbage truck and <laughs> And leave. I'm just so random. I'm like so oh silly. God. Like I just like hop on garbage trucks to catch a lift <laughs> while I'm in a towel. I can like because oh, <laughs> I'm picturing myself doing that in New York. I I have a yeah. towel around me. I'm like, oh my god, I'm running late, and I catch onto a garbage truck. <laughs> Number one, 
I would be fined. People would yes. fine me. They would yeah. be like, that's illegal and she needs to pay money for her misbehavior, okay? Yeah. Number two, I'd look fucking disgusting. Imagine <laughs> yeah. being in a towel, dri- riding around on the back of a garbage truck. It just sounds like a staph infection waiting to happen. Bro, it's nasty. Yeah. It's nasty and you look nasty. You don't look cool. No. I guess like Roxy's in a robe, so that's a little bit better. But yeah. just a towel. They're cute. Like, I'm thinking about, yeah. like, me, like, running out of just taking a shower. I'm like, I look like a wet squirrel. <laughs> yeah, like, Jane's hair is, like, dry. Her makeup is on. She, yeah. like, looks fine. I'm like, that. I don't look like that when I come out of the shower. I look like a drowned rat. Certainly not. But we do get a, a little montage of Roxy and Jane running through Times Square because apparently they got from Flatiron to Times Square on this garbage truck. Why not? You know, just running, running through the city. We have a little cameo of Bob Saget, which I literally never noticed until this time watching because I didn't watch Full House, so like I didn't really know who he was. Mm-hmm. But Bob Saget sees the girls running and he kind of like does a double take. They also come across like a naked cowboy and... In my five years in New York, I never saw the naked cowboy. Does he still exist? I don't, I don't know, know if he still exists. I had seen him before. Yeah. When, like, things like mm. viral people weren't yeah. a thing. Now I feel like yeah. there are too many people to, like, make it be special. Yeah. So out on the street, they see a guy selling I Heart New York outfits, and Jane trades her watch for some tacky little skirts and tops. They try to get Ronaldo to give up the goods, but nothing is happening yet. So Jane is freaking out, but Roxy insists that they're going to figure it out. Jane takes Ronaldo, and she starts walking away, and Roxy's like, I'll come with you. But Jane is like, her togetherness today hasn't really been good luck. Besides, there's a ton of witnesses. This guy isn't a criminal. He's not a mastermind. Just go have fun at the concert. And as Jane walks away, Roxy shouts the address of the Simple Plan photo shoot in case Jane wants to show up. So then we get a little little catch up on what everyone else is doing. Lomax has made it to the Simple Plan shoot. Mm -hmm. He initially gets stopped by security because like he doesn't have a pass, but then he like pretends to be a cop. And like apparently everyone is just like really confused in this movie. He just like keeps talking in circles until until the dude like lets him in. Yeah. It's like. Okay, I wish it was that easy to get into venues. Then we go and see what Trey is up to. He's calling his buddy and he's like, hey, dude, like, what's the information on this simple plan? Shoot, like, I want to go. He gets the address and heads on over. Benny is reading through Jane's day planner. It's absolutely psychotic. She plans out everything, even, like, using the restroom. But, yeah. you know, Jane ends up bringing the dog and he shoves her into the limo. And I'm like, you really could have just taken the dog. You didn't need to take yeah. the human. Mm-hmm. But Benny asks for the chip and she tries to give him Ronaldo. And then she asks for her planner back. And I feel like she knows it's not going to go well. But she does it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Benny takes Ronaldo and tries to like shake him up. And Ronaldo pees on his face. Then Jane manages to escape and she runs away. So then we go to the Simple Plan video shoot. Roxy is at like the front of the line with the bouncer where she runs into Trey. And he's like, hey, do you know where Ronaldo, my mother's dog, is? 
also, I like kind of wanted to see you again. Like, what's up, baby girl? What's going on? Yeah. And she's like, oh, like Jane has him. Do you have like a pass for the video shoot? He doesn't. And she's like, I'm just going to go in for a second. I'll be right back. And I'm like, sure. Sure okay. you are. Yeah. So Lomax is trying to like chat with people in the crowd and like assimilate. He's like, simple plan. They rock. And this girl in front of him calls him a loser. And then he's like, how come you're not in school? And she starts to freak out. And he's like, don't worry. I have bigger fish to fry. So he turns around and like walks away to go and find Roxy. But Roxy, as he walks away, just walks on up and takes his spot in the crowd. So Jane ends up sneaking into the Simple Plan photo shoot. Trey talks security into letting him in. The Simple Plan band. <laughs> I sound like a boomer. The Simple Plan. <laughs> simple Plan gets on the stage. They start playing a song called Vacation. I didn't know the title. Were you a Simple Plan fan back in the day? No. no definitely not. <laughs> So Roxy yeah. watches the drummer and she sees the life she wants. Oh, I also didn't write that. Did you write that? I think so. Yeah. That's like a beautiful thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. She ends up seeing the guys in the suits though. And she's like, yes, those are the businessmen I need to talk to. So she runs over to them and gives the CD with her face on it and her band's demo. And they're like, oh, nice packaging. Let's take a listen. And I'm like, uh-huh. L-O-L. If only it were that easy. Jesus. Maybe it was like back then when things were more simple. No. Right? No. I don't. Maybe it was a little bit easier, but also the packaging for these, like they look like shit. So I don't know what they're talking about. Like nice packaging. Let's take a listen. Yeah. But ladies, an A&R guy will never will take never. Demer. <laughs> I think that they say that because in the beginning, Ozzy Osbourne's son is like, mm. oh, we put your face on it because, like, you're the prettiest one in the band. That's mm, true. So that's probably why they just do a clap back. Yeah. So then right on cue, as she's handed over the CDs, Lomax finds Roxy and he's like, well, well, well. And Roxy's like, you know what? I'm tired of running. I'll go quietly. She holds up her hands for cuffs and he's like, I don't use cuffs, only brains. And she's like... Okay, but Mr. Lomax, before we go, can I just say one thing? And he's like, of course. And she's like, check your fly. And just as he looks down, she like runs away. Classic teenage hijinks. Classic. So Lomax tries to follow her on stage, but is apprehended by a security guard. He uses the same fly trick on him and it works because actually this dude's fly is down. So go figure. And then Lomax runs on stage to find Roxy. Yes. And then Jane ends up spotting Roxy on stage as she hops on over to her with the other dancing gals. And Roxy notices Lomax and tells all the girls to jump. And she's like, jump, come on. Ah." So he can't see her. Okay. Jane gets to the front of the stage and security lifts her on stage. Like this chick is like at the stage coming in coming in and then yeah no one does that but sure Mm -mm. um so they try to get off stage but see benny on one wing and lomax on the other side and they're like there's only one way out so they hold hands and they (laughs) stage dive and they get carried out by the crowd even ronaldo and lomax goes for a dive after them but no one catches him yeah i will say when i was a kid i was like damn 
They look so cool. I wish I could stage dive at a simple plan concert. <laughs> I saw Phil stage dive once. Mm. I was like, sure, but why? Yeah. I mean, in this pandemic, absolutely not. I do not want uh, yeah. strangers' hands, grubby little hands all over me. So outside of the venue, Trey is asking like the security guards if they saw Roxy or Jane or the dog. And then Benny comes up to him and he's like, oh, I saw them. They went to the Simple Plan after party. You know, I'm going there now. I can give you a ride. And clueless, dummy, dumb, dumb Trey accepts the offer. And I'm like, the first thing that you're told when you're able to understand things is like, don't take a ride from a stranger. Literally. And yet nobody remembers that. So the twins then run down the street and Lomax is following them. And they're like, oh, we could go and hide in that construction tent. They jump in and immediately fall into a manhole. Bro. Nightmare. Bro, if this were real, the Olsen twins would be like severely hurt in every one yeah. of these instances. The scaffolding yeah. thing, them like dropping Mm-mm. fucking dozens of floors, absolutely not. Yeah. Okay, so they're in the sewer now and Shane <laughs> is like, I hate my wife. And Roxy points out that luckily for them, it's the water main and not the shit sewer. <laughs> and she's like, I'm just going to look on the bright side. I mean, we haven't spent this much time together in years, and today made me realize how much I missed that. And I was having fun, and I saw you smiling when we were crowd surfing. And Jane is like, I was acting for the cameras. But yes, it was a little bit fun. And then she asked Roxy, like, what the deal is with Lomax. And Roxy is like, yeah, he's been after me for years, but I outsmart him every time. And Jane is like, you know, you're a little crazy. And Roxy's (laughs) like, yeah. I know. It's a cute little sister-sister moment. It's endearing. Mm -hmm. So then we get a little taste of what everyone's up to. We have Lomax, a city worker, sees him staring into the sewer, and he asks where the sewer leads to. And the guy's like, only one way in, one way out on 125th Street. I'm like, that could be anywhere. East side, west side. 125th anywhere. (laughs) Give me a location. So then we cut to... The hospital where their dad is working. So he goes into the break room where another doctor is like watching news coverage of the Simple Plan video shoot. Mm -hmm. And the dad is like, oh, my fucking patient. Like, she won't get a C-section. So now I'm going to miss my daughter's speech. (laughs) I'm like, dude, you can't. You can't base somebody's medical choice on your, your personal obligations. I think he says something like, Well, she should have gone with the C-section, but now I don't get to see my daughter's (laughs) speech. So he also narrowly misses, like, every time that his daughters are on screen. Like, turns back at the exact moment that it cuts away from them. So Jim ends up calling Jane's cell. He leaves her a cute little message, checking in on her, okay, to see if she's all right. And he says, I'm going to keep looking for you to make it up to you. And I said, what? What? A man will never check in on you and tell you that he's going to make it up to you when when in reality, like, you kind of just, like, made him fall off his bike. Uh, I know. I don't understand. Jim really is the MVP of this movie. Yes. He pulls through every time. He gave her a great new hemline. He's checking in. Checks in on her. He also, later on, That's does a fucking crazy. athletic feat of the ages. Oh, but we'll I get was to thinking that. about how he 
agrees to do something kind of crazy in the end end of the movie. Oh, yeah. That's that's also. And I was like. That's also crazy. What? Yeah. Well. Um, okay. So, meanwhile, Roxy asks where Columbia is. And it turns out they're actually pretty close. They are nine blocks away in the sewer. Lomax has gotten to 125th. He somehow figured out which side it's on. And uh, he's searching around. He's, like, looking inside businesses. He's, like, looking inside this restaurant. And this couple was like, what the fuck? Like, who is this dude? The girls get out of the sewer. But Columbia, it turns out, is on the west side. So they decide to go into the House of Bling to ask for help. So they walk into the House of Bling. Everyone turns around to stare at these two white girls that just crawled out of the fucking sewer. Awful. And Roxy is like, oh, we're from the gas company. No gas here. Guess you're all good. And they start to leave. And then Big Cheryl, who owns the House of Bling, Mm -hmm. is like, well, I can't have people see you exiting my business looking like you're looking. Um, So you can leave out the back. (laughs) So (laughs) as they're like walking to the back, Jane sees the time. It's 1.13. And she starts panicking. She's like, I'm not going to make it to my speech. And I'm like, you still have like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Doable. She What was she going to do in the city all day? Just like sit at Columbia, I guess. Boring. I don't know. So she starts having a panic attack and st- and yelling, call 991, call 991. <laughs> Roxy throws some water in her face and she's like, thank you. I'm not thirsty. <laughs> it's a really bad time. Roxy gets her to yeah. sing Itsy Bitsy Spider, which I thought was a dumb twist. Yeah. And the whole salon joins in to get this girl to not literally fall off her rocker. Yeah. So Jane tells the salon their situation, and Big Shrill is like, well, if it was all smooth sailing, we'd all be bored to tears. It's the curveballs that make life interesting, and if you're lucky, there's a blessing at the end of that wrong turn. I love this. I love the fucking yes. pep talk. Then yep. she sits the curls down to give them makeovers, and they're going to bring bling to the twins. But Jane is like, I want a more corporate bling. And they're like, can do. So we get this great montage. There's music. There's dancing. Ronaldo gets a makeover as well. They put like a ton of different looks on these girls. Like poofed hair, curled hair, pigtails. Like everything you could think of, Mm -hmm. they try it on. Yeah, Ronaldo gets pink highlights. The twins are dancing. They try on different looks. They end up in two gorgeous outfits. Mm. And they do this like choreographed dance at the end it's just like a dance move but they kind of like it's like a little slide yeah exactly yeah and it's just like all right sure yeah why not when i was a kid i was like these are the best outfits that i've ever seen oh yeah oh my entire life i was obsessed so after the makeover the girls are on their way apparently the makeover was also on the house why amazing So Roxy gets a phone call, and it's like, oh, it's for Jane. Hands the phone over. It's Betty. He's like, I have your boyfriend. She's like, I don't have a boyfriend. He's like, well, I have your sister's boyfriend. She's like, she doesn't have a boyfriend either. And he's like, okay, whatever. Just meet me on 47th and Broadway in 20 minutes, or I will burn your book. And Roxy's like trying to calm Jane down. And she's like, he's not going to burn your book. That's censorship. Bro. Not how it works. 
<laughs> so they spot Lomax and run back to Cheryl, who gives them the keys to her son's cab. What? <laughs> and then Lomax ends up running after them. Cheryl ends up leaning over to her son after the twins have just, like, scattered off. And she's like, who is that cracker? Lomax is not in. Yeah. No, no communities are interested in housing a Lomax. <laughs> no. So the girls hop into this cab that they have just borrowed, I guess. And Jane is like, I'm not really a strong driver, but okay. Gets in the driver's seat. Lomax then knocks on the window, but Jane guns it and they drive away. So nearby, there's like this husband and wife, like tourists, probably from like the Midwest or something. They have like a camping like RV. And Lomax, he's like, I'm taking over this vehicle in the name of the law or whatever. This man. You can't do, you're a truancy officer in Nassau County. You can't do this. But he (laughs) fucking steals this vehicle. The couple is super excited. Meanwhile, Jane is not having a good time. No. She is uh, not a good driver because she never passed her driver's test. Just the written, but not the practical. Mm-hmm. Lomax is like following behind them in the RV. The couple's like, oh, this is so exciting. Like, to be part of a big New York City chase. Like, yeah. Um, the man who spilled the, the coffee on his crotch, or I guess the man who has been tortured by the twins the entire movie, ends Mm -hmm. up getting into their cab, and Jane is freaking out. Everyone is making sharp turns. The vacation couple says they have a loudspeaker, and Lomax uses that loudspeaker. They're kind of, like, wild and just making everything worse. But Roxy Mm -hmm. tells um, Jane to turn right, and Jane backs in through an alley, and they make it out, but Lomax is stuck. Yeah, that RV gets fucked up in that alley. So the girls are driving away and Jane is like, oh my God, like that was such a thrill. She's like riding on a high. Yeah. And Roxy is like, are you kidding? Like you almost got us killed. And then they start arguing. Jane is like, I just saved you. Like, why are you blaming me? Then the poor tortured soul from the train is like, can I please get the fuck out of this cab right now? (laughs) If they pull over so he could get out. Poor guy. So the girls then like fight on the street and Jane is like, This is the one day that I wanted to be about me, and I got dragged into the Roxanne School of Juvenile Delinquency. And Roxy's like, are you kidding me? Like, I've been trying to help you out all day. Yeah, Jane tries to walk away, and Roxy's like, oh, so you're leaving right when we start to have a real conversation? And Jane is like, I'm too busy trying to take care of things. And Roxy says, which I feel like no one has told this girl, like, who asked you to? Mm -hmm. Who asked you to take care of things? And she's like, you did the second you stopped taking responsibility for anything after mom died. And Roxy is like, well, that doesn't mean you get to be her replacement. She also says what she misses the most about their mom is that she loved that they were different. But she feels like Jane punishes her for that and pushes her out of her life. She didn't even invite Roxy to her speech. That's actually super shitty. Yeah. And Jane is like, well, forgive me for wanting the day to be about me. Dad is always preoccupied with you getting in trouble, that he never comes to, like, my cheerleading game or whatever. And she's like, the reason that I wanted this fellowship was to be 3,000 miles away from you. And Roxy is like, well, I really hope you get it then. And then the girls go their separate ways. I actually thought the scene was, like, pretty decent. Oh, yeah, I did too. Yeah. It is sad. Yeah, I was like, damn, this is raw. Yeah. There's a montage that plays 
Jane and Roxy walk around through New York on their own. And Jane ends up turning around, but Roxy's already gone. She sees these little girls holding hands, and the image fades away. Jane feels regretful. She turns around, and she sees Benny. So she goes up to Benny, and she starts, like, telling him off, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Shoves her into a laundry bin. Awful. Zero to a hundred. And then pushes her into a moving truck. And he's like, let's get her to Ma. Back to Roxy. Roxy finds the limo and gets Jane's day planner. She hears yelling from the trunk. Of course, Trey's in there, the simple, simple little man. And Mm -hmm. she lets him out. And he's like, what's up? What's going on? So Roxy says that she ruined her sister's speech. And she's not going to get the fellowship. Then an idea pops into her head, and she's like, actually, do you want to go on a field trip, Trey? Bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) So then we get to the salon. They're in, like, the basement, and Benny is trying to, like, intimidate slash torture the chip out of Ronaldo by, like, getting him to drink, like, what I assume is laxatives. This man is unhinged yeah he's like drink the tea the dog won't drink it he like takes a sip of it i don't know (laughs) jane meanwhile is locked in like an adjacent room and she finds all of these like pirated dvds of like movies and like music that hasn't even come out yet and she realizes like what their whole operation is so then ma comes downstairs and she's like benny this is your idea of torture and then she pulls out the chopsticks and she's like cats have nine lives Let's see if dogs do too. And I'm like, oh my God, you're about to fucking murder this dog? I'm like, the dog doesn't understand that quip, yo. Yeah. So Jane starts throwing the DVDs. And when Benny comes over, she attacks him and knocks a shelf over him. Ronaldo bites Ma and they run out of there together. And of course, of course, when she gets to the street, she bumps into the one and only Jim. And she's like, I have 28 minutes to go 111 blocks and he's like i can do that and i'm like no you can't nobody could do that no one nobody so he gives her he (laughs) he gives her a ride up to columbia yeah it's it's really hard to stress how far away columbia and chinatown are from each other if you've not been to new york there's no shot yeah so at columbia the speeches are going on and Roxy and Trey run in. They're like backstage, but they don't see Jane anywhere. And then like the stage manager lady asked Roxy if she's Jane Ryan. And Roxy's just like, yep. Yeah. She's like, cool, you're on next. And Roxy turns to Trey and she's like, you know what? All this is my fault. All I have to do is like read her note cards. How hard can it be? It's like the least I could possibly do. And Trey is like, you're going to do great. And then he kisses her. Ooh. And I was reading that apparently the Olsen twins, they never watched their own movies. They would only watch the kissing scenes to, like, make sure that they looked okay. That's ridiculous to me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay. So Jim and Jane get stuck in a gridlock. And Jim is like, you know, what can I do? How can I rectify this? So he rides his bike over cars to get them out of gridlock. I'm like, are you a, in the, are you like a BMX rider? Like, what's happening? Do you have a mountain bike? I'm confused. Yeah. So at Columbia, Trey sits down in the audience, and who is sitting next to him but his own mother? He's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm the honorary chair of the board. What are you doing here? And he's like, I wanted to see you present the award. 
Liza Minnelli, but okay. They then announced Jane. She's from Long Island, a 4.2 GPA, student body president, and captain of the cheerleading squad. So Roxy walks out in a blazer that she is just fucking ripped off of poor girl. Scalped, yeah. <laughs> so Roxy then walks up to the podium, and while she's walking up, she accidentally drops the planner, and when she picks it up, she doesn't notice that the speech has fallen out and is on the ground. And she goes up to the podium. And it turns out the man whose day she's been ruining is a judge on the panel. And she wants to run off stage. But he's like, you may proceed. He's not even just a judge. He is like the dude for which the fellowship yeah. is named. He's like he's the McGill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Roxy begins her speech. And she starts talking about the economy. Just riffing. <laughs> yeah. The economy is very, very important to all of us. Take the word economy. You have eco, which stands for environment, which we're all real big supporters of. And we have onomy, which is pig Latin for money. Money, economy. Trey is clapping up a storm. He's so <laughs> proud. This poor, simple man. Yeah. Maybe, you know what? They're made for each other. Yeah. Meanwhile, the fucking Olympic athlete, Jim, has gotten them to Columbia. <laughs> Jane runs in. She's like, oh, Jim, you have to come in too. So he like locks up his bike so he can join her. Yeah. Roxy's continuing with her bad speech. And she's like, as the famous Canadian professor Avril Lavigne Steen said, and I quote, why do you have to go and make things so complicated? I see the way you're acting like you're somebody else gets me frustrated. But life's like this. You fall and you crawl and you break and you take what you get and you turn it into honesty and promise me I'm never going to find you fake it. No, no, no. <laughs> woof. <laughs> Big woof. Yeah. Thankfully, Jane shows up. Roxy is like, thank fucking God. She says, will the real Jane Ryan please stand up? <laughs> Jane goes up to the podium. Trey's mom is like, why does that girl have Ronaldo? Great question. And he's like, oh, I guess the dog groomers deliver. So Roxy apologizes to Jane when she gets up to the podium and she's like, your speech is gone. Like, I don't know what happened. And Jane is like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll take it from here. Yeah, and then Lomax shows up and puts Roxy in a chokehold and, like, arrests her. Crazy. I don't even understand why he did that. And he's like, Jane is her accomplice. Then Benny and Ma show up. Benny says they stole his stupid mutt. And Senator Lipton gets on stage with her security and is like, I don't know what's going on, but that's my dog. Benny starts running. And she's like, officer, arrest that man. Lomax is like, yes, ma'am. The Midwestern couple doesn't know what's going on. They think that they're watching cats. <laughs> There's a fight on stage. Jane tells everyone to freeze. McGill is like, someone explain to me what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and Jane is like, I got you. Benny and Ma are criminals. They're dealing in pirated media. And Lomax tracked them down and he wouldn't rest until justice was served and really we're all just witnesses to his genius sting operation christ and lomax is like you know what yep that's true i did i did do that and mcgill is like jane i assume that wasn't the speech that you intended to give and she's like no 
And Roxy pipes in. She's like, actually, her speech was amazing. I heard her practice it like a million times and she would have won this thing for sure. And McGill is like, well, I'm sorry that the day didn't turn out like you planned. So Jane says that she thought this day was about our academic future, but it was about something way more important. Just took me a few wrong turns to see it. And Roxy and Jane leave the stage. The Midwestern couple is clapping. They are having a great time. Yeah, they're like, I loved it. You got to give it up for the cats. Yeah. (laughs) And Lomax cuffs Benny and says he'll be a real cop now, but he can't even cuff Benny. Yeah, Benny's like, I'll do it myself. So then we have a little heart-to-heart with Jane and Roxy. Jane apologizes and Roxy's like, no, I'm sorry. Like every time I tried to help, I just made things worse. And Jane is like, you know what? We haven't spent the day together in ages. I really missed you. And Roxy's like, I missed you too. And I'm sorry if you ever felt like you had to take our mom's place. And then they both agree that their mom would be really proud of them. It's nice. It's sweet. Yeah. The girls are walking down the steps of Columbia when Jane bumps into Jim again. And Jim is like, maybe we can bump again. Oh my God. Did I really say that out loud? So they're just about to kiss when Hudson McGill interrupts. And Jane apologizes to him for the entire day. Um, and he says she handles herself really well, considering everything. And his foundation would be honored to give her the fellowship. <gasps> Ladies, he will never. A man will never give you a fellowship. A man will never <laughs> give you a fellowship after you spill coffee on his crotch. Yeah. So Jane is like, I don't understand, but it turns out he found her note cards with her speech and says that it would have been an amazing speech and they would be honored to have her represent them at Oxford next year. Roxy and Jane hug in celebration. Everybody wins. It's a great time. Uh, Happy ending. Flash forward to that summer. Roxy's playing the drums with her band in a studio. Trey is there. Jane is dancing to the music and Jim walks in. Everyone's still together. Mm. And Jane is like, have you given any thought to visiting me in London? And he says, no, I won't be able to. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm moving there. I'm going (laughs) to move to London. I'm transferring schools there next year. I'm like, what? What? Excuse me? In in what in what world? I do know that like the beginning took place three weeks into school. So like they've been dating for nine months. That's true. But I'm also but still, like, what the fuck? I just hope that like he's an NYU student that is like, yeah, oh, I'm like- gonna study abroad like in NYU London. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not like fully just transferring schools. Yeah. For the heck of it. I but. surely hope so. Yeah. Jane is so excited. I'm just picturing like a <laughs> sequel to this, but instead of it being like the Olsen twins, like New York Minute or like London, blah, blah, blah. It's like- London hour. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like um um normal people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's just- Just really sad, really dark. That movie like made me feel depressed. <laughs> I felt like depressed. Did you, did you read the book? No. I recommend reading the book as well. Does that make me more depressed? Probably. Yeah. Because you get, like, uh, their internal monologues. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So Trey also (laughs) is, you know, there, and he talks to Roxy's manager, and he's like, I had this great idea for a music video. 
you know, Roxy is dressed as a cucumber and he can tell the manager is not into it. And Trey is like, I should probably just be grateful that I'm going on tour with you guys in London and, you know, keep these thoughts to myself. Everybody's going to London, baby. Yeah. No one has a life outside <laughs> their relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> a knock at the door. Open up. It's the police. Lomax walks in. Very dramatic, like, backlighting. There's probably, like, a fog machine there, too. He walks in. He's like, there's a VW bug parked outside in a loading zone. He uses, like, um the NATO alphabet. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Charlie Tango x <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And Roxy's like, you have got to be kidding me. And he's like... I am. I just stopped by to say goodbye and wish you bon voyage and get an autograph. And she's like, of course, anything for you, Lomax. Signs like a CD for him. They're just the best of friends now because she got him on the force. So then Lomax is like, all right, crank it up. Let's see what this band can do. The girls dance and they kiss their boys as like the cover of Suffragette City plays and their dad watches them make out with their boyfriends. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> I just couldn't imagine being so happy-go-lucky and like, mama, mama. while my parents yeah. were in, it's just like not for me. No, no. I could never can't. be me. With this, like, ending <laughs> reunion scene, I'm like, this is so crappy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's New York Minute. That's New, <laughs> that's New York Minute, baby. <laughs> Damn. Um, overall, I think it's an enjoyable film. I think there's actually a lot of, like, funny little quips in there 100%. that I enjoyed. I, I think yeah. I was saying this. As we were watching it, it should be quoted more often. Yeah, definitely. There are a lot of quotable lines that yeah. I feel like just got left behind, left in the dust of 2004. Let's bump again, okay? Yeah. Um, What's another one? <laughs> I really can't think of it right now. We were recording this. I got really tired in the middle. Mm. I think Daylight Savings is, like, hitting me in the face, like, repeatedly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, like, 9 p.m. when it was 6 p.m. I feel like crap. Because I was like, I need to go take out the trash. And then I was like, ooh, it's, like, kind of late. I don't want to go outside. But, and I was like, oh, no, it's not late. It's just dark. <laughs> and it's 6 o'clock. <laughs> I can take out the trash. I won't get attacked. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That feeling when you think it's so late you're going to get attacked, but it's actually just daylight savings. <laughs> yep. It's my life. Um, Anthony, do you have any other final thoughts? Honestly, I guess I just realized how absolutely ridiculous it is. And it is fun to watch, like, 100%. But I'm also Mm -hmm. like, damn. People used to be like, we'll just get two starlets and we will write about Mm. anything. Yeah. It can be about anything. It it was kind of a flop. It did not do well Ah. in the box office. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they never made another movie ever again. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that is pretty insane. Yeah. Shall we uh, Shall we rate it? Yeah. I'm thinking about a lot of factors right now. I'm like, yeah. I love the Olsen twins. Yeah. Honestly, Benny, like I've told yeah. the premise of that character to so many people because it's <laughs> actually absurd insane yeah i really like that i love some of the character acting 
Um, yeah. I love that the boys are just simply obsessed with the Olsen twins. Yeah. That's really fun. But I'm also just like, this movie is so absolutely ridiculous. Like, I can't even take it seriously. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to rate it like a 6 or like a 7.5. Yeah, I was like feeling somewhere in like the the 6 to 7 range. Because it's definitely not an 8. It's not. It couldn't be. No. What did no. we rate like Aquamarine? I don't remember. I don't know either. I want to say, let's just give it a 6.5. Yeah. Yeah. It was 6.5. Highly recommend, though. Really highly yeah. recommend for a it's good It's a fun time. watch. Yeah. Especially if you haven't seen it in a really long time. Yeah. Like myself. Because it's like you're watching it for the first time all over again. Yeah. Because you have no memory or recollection of watching it the yep. previous time. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes. Um, thank you for tuning in. Back to the old grind. Back to ye old non-holiday episodes. Yeah. But there will be more very soon. Yes. Yes. We have lots of fun things planned. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe yeah follow us on instagram and you'll be like miss 2005 because she follows us yeah shout out miss 2005 yes we love you we love you Come you're amazing pop icon yes truly pop content icon she owns the 2000s instagram game like no other yeah yeah and we will see you guys next week for another movie certainly so Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye.